You are now listening to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. It's uh, very important to be with conscious African women and men. And I'm very excited to see Conscientization 101, to see Sister Zari there and the brother James, and uh, to see that you have started an organization to conscientize the world, especially African people about what's really going on in this world. Conscientization 101. A lot of these people right now in this conscious, so-called conscious movement, they're not actually living in that, in that lifestyle. Fakers. That's why, you know, obviously yourself, we're on the same sort of frequency. That's why you're listening to the same things I'm listening to because we're sharing that same sort of thought. We want the same sort of things and a lot of people don't want the same sort of things. Even yourself, what you're doing now is for the people. So everything is people-based. Globally conscientizing. What's making me proud of what um, this kind of connection here is that, you know... Well, no matter what is said, no matter what is done, um, you, you leave that, you leave listening to our music with a feeling. The same way we're going to leave this conversation with a feeling. And um, that is the most important thing you know, for, for I and I, the, the vibe and the energy and the feeling that you leave with. Because you might not remember every lyric, but you're going to remember the feeling. So um, that's, 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 that's really important, and that's what I'm getting from what you're doing. Doing, doing, doing. Welcome to another episode of Conscientization 101, your podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Conscientization 101. Podcast. We are your hosts on this episode, James Stone, Senior Editor, and Zari Sundiata, Managing Editor of Conscientization101.com. All right, this is the first episode of the year, again, based on the Gregorian calendar. We talked about that last episode with the revival of Cyclonius uh, on a uh, latest the last episode because it was the last episode the revival part two go check that out it was episodes 41 and 42 go check that out if you have not but that was the last episode according to the gregarian calendar i say gregarian is gregorian, gregorian. I don't know. yeah you see i'm so i'm so rebellious i i don't even speak correct <laughs> english all the time it's just natural right yeah it's natural it's just so african in here baby <laughs> I don't know how to speak that shit. I know what that shit mean, though. That's the important thing, right? No, but anyway, <laughs> according to the Gregorian calendar, thank you, Zari, okay? Mm-hmm. The last episode, th- th- this is the new year, okay? Well, this is the new year. And so, um, you know, uh, if you if you go for that, Zari, what what you think about that, according to the Gregorian calendar? You have an interesting... We've been talking a lot about time and stuff, because, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, you know? I just, you know, what you think? You, 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 do you have a New Year's resolution? No, I do not. Okay. Well, actually, I do. That's what I was talking about. Oh, what were you talking about? If I do have a New Year's resolution, which is very European concept, then it would be to have a new conception of time. Oh, that's very good because it have to be a new... In order, if it was a new conception, a New Year's resolution, 
right? And having a new conception of time, wouldn't it cancel out the fact that it would be a New Year's resolution? Yeah, it would, actually. Okay, good. Okay, but, go ahead. But you know, if you just have to have one, the best way is to start off by trying to be as African as you can. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So. <laughs> so we felt that it'd be good to go ahead and kick off this year by reading a passage. This from, so-called year. Yes, this so-called year, New Year, from Jacob Carruthers' book, Intellectual Warfare. And his observation is something that we we just wanted to bring up because we should all be thinking about this so-called new year um, because the concept of time really guides your actions, it guides how you organize, mm-hmm. it guides your relationships. So if there's anything new that you're going to do this year, start thinking about how the time that, that we're all trapped in is really from the Europeans' imagination. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's done that way not because of the evil diabolicalness it's all a perspective of imposition and power mm-hmm. and hegemony mm-hmm. that's why that's why you do that and so once you start to conceive of time in a different way you start conceiving of other things and sovereignty because mm-hmm. you only conceive of time because it fits your imposition it fits your economy political economy it fits the Europeans concept of sovereignty and nationality mm-hmm. that's why so I don't want to get people to say okay I done switched time now I can keep going back to work See, they, they celebrate the new year. I don't. I got a conception, a conception of time. No, that's why this is called conscientization 101, not just I'm conscious 101. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you can you can still be aware of stuff and not do shit. Mm-hmm. See, that's why it's conscientization. That's why Krumah wrote con- conscientism. That's why Paulo Fieri called it conscientization. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm tired of people saying I'm awake and then you just go back and do the same shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. Well, yeah, because you can go to work, right? But you need to have... A, a different relationship to your job. Exactly. And also, <laughs> you know, even as we say we, and I, I say you can go to, you, even the conception of work, right? Mm-hmm. How we conceive of work. Well, what we do for ourselves is not considered work. It's yeah. considered chores, right? Exactly. But when you got a job for the white man, I got to go to work. <laughs> I got to go to work. I got to go to work. This is real work. You know what I'm saying? But back to Jacob Carruthers. I'm sorry yes. I in- interrupted. No, no, that's quite all right. Cool. <laughs> so I'm going to read the passage. It's from it's on page 261, and it is the section where he the entitled notes on what we should teach our youth or Africanizing the curriculum. If we accept the premise that the present day education of our youth both de-educates and miseducates them, we then should examine carefully what is taught in the schools and strive carefully to supplement, augment, repudiate, or reject those teachings that continue to drive black people mad. But most urgently, we really have no alternative but to Africanize the curriculum. To begin with, we need to establish new time and space orientations. One may say that black people are forced to live in white time. This is indeed ironic when we consider that the operational definition of time, which is used in today's world, was given to the Westerners by the Africans of the Great Nile Valley Civilization. Observe the 365-day year came from Egypt and has endured and replaced all other types of years. The same is true of the 24-hour day divided into 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of night. This is true also of the 12-month year, which has determined celebrations and business arrangements for thousands of years. Why then must we now submit to the European-imposed concept of year? In truth, as well as from our perspective, 
The greatest historically significant year was the Sept-Taipei, the first time. That is, the unification of Upper and Lower Egypt. This event, which occurred over 62,000 years ago, resulted in the birth of the greatest nation of antiquity, gave civilization as we know it to the world. The black nation Kemet, or Egypt as the Eurasians called it, introduced to the northern continent writing with a phonetic alphabet, a numbering, counting, and mathematical system, written drama, novels, and stories, higher spirituality, medicine, architecture, history, science, and art, among other things. In other words, the birth of Kemet made what we call history possible. Why not then let that be our day one, and thus we are now in the 62nd century of history? Think of what such a change will do in the restoring of racial sanity. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's a very important quote in terms of like when you when he says like racial sanity, nationalistic sanity, because African people are a nation. You know what I'm saying? The concept, you know, I, I, I you may use the term interchangeably as like race or whatever, but we have to think of ourselves as a nation of people with different ethnic groups within the nation. See, that's what happens when you define power to meet, define reality to meet your conceptions for your benefit and for your engenderment and fortification. You see what I'm saying? You def- Because we take the nation state as universal. And that shit was created like, what, I think it was the 17th or 15th century because it was, it was created with the rise of capitalism. And unlike what a lot of Marxists would tell you and stuff like that and Leninists would tell you that like, Oh, well, you know that uh, 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 the, the so-called backward nations benefited from it. And then, uh, and, and as Lenin said, and I've read the book, the book is in our library, and imperialism is the highest stage of capitalism. Well, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Lenin, I disagree with you on that one. But see, Lenin can only say that because he saw the destruction of what the, a lot of Marxist terms, so-called backward nation, us, as progress. Yep. Capitalism started off imperialistic. Mm-hmm. But you see, the way the European moves is that how can you start off imperialistic? Because to be imperialistic, you have to destroy nations. And they doing psychological warfare, even your big good friends, the Marxists, right? Because they saying you wasn't really a nation. You were just a bunch of backward niggas. Mm-hmm. You see? See that? You see that? You got to know this stuff. A bunch of disparate tribes. You're a bunch of disparate tribes. And that it describes the Anglo Saxons, not us. You know what I'm saying? If you ever look at the British, right? How they try to project backwards. If you ever notice, they always when they when they start talking about Rome, it's always actors with a British accent. <laughs> Ain't that some shit? Yes. You see what I'm saying? Because they mark their civilization uh, coming to being with Greece yep. and Rome, Greco-Roman. Mm-hmm. But where did Greece get their inspiration from? Not where did they, they got it from Egypt? And and I don't want to say they stole it because people say, well, they stole it. No, they didn't steal. Uh, uh, all that buggery shit from us that they was doing, exactly. okay? They just took the knowledge and put it to their cultural bent. That's what we got to understand. You adapt, you incorporate knowledge from all over the world because you are, we are a people of the world, but you put it to use for your cultural values, and that's what they like to do. They like to do, they, they the ones into all that freaky stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all, y'all know y'all remember Clash of the Titans <laughs> if you was a little kid like <laughs> right. me in the 80s, okay? What Big Frizzle? Raised in the 80s Where the black bread dies in the beginning of the movie You gon' lose me, a beggar man rape me 
I was a growing black boy, I needed positive visuals to stimulate me. Eurocentric pagans. If it wasn't for my Rasta daddy, wouldn't know about Africa. I praise him. Yes, no amen. When I was growing up, TV show me hungry children in Africa need saving. The irony of trying to PE dehumanization. That's your occupation. Babylon nation called Stockholm Syndrome from colonization. Why don't you report that fact? Because Raised in the 80s, right? <laughs> and so, but they got Cassio Pale and, and Princess Andromeda. These is the, the Greek said this was the king, this was the queen and the princess from Ethiopia. But if you look at the 1981 movie with Harry Hamlin, you know, it's a cracker woman. Mm-hmm. But they gotta do that. Don't expect for them, oh, why they get us wrong? Because it's imposition. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that the Greeks were any less racial. It's just they knew the importance of the African woman, and that's what they said. But they'll just switch it up on you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But also, you got to incorporate the knowledge to get, get what you got to do back. That's why we got to understand the conception of time. So you mean to tell me that you really think we in 28, 2000, 18 years? Yes. Come no, on. The now. earth has been here for millions of years, so we know that's not correct. So whose conception of time are we on? Yeah, Do you exactly. see what I'm saying? And, and that's all I want to say. And, you know, now they... Now, I ain't saying they don't be stealing. You know what I'm saying? I said, but all I'm saying is, when you have a culture of extraction, which is Western culture, mm-hmm. hell, I know how y'all, what we say, that nigga stole something from me. No, you got to say, that nigga white folks from me. <laughs> there you go. That nigga Western me. There you go, from me. You know, something. But thank you, Sister Zari, for that. And, and we will be linking to Jacob Carruthers' books in the show notes. I thank you for that conception of time. We don't want to belabor the point, but I thought we thought that was a good segue to what this episode is going to be about. And it's, let me get into that right now. All right, this episode, we will be airing a conscientizing dialogue that we have curated and digitally remastered from Sister Afiong L. Afiong called Weapons of Liberation. Liberation. This presentation was given on November 25th, 2016 and published on Akibulan Way's YouTube channel. And uh, we believe that Akibulan Way's YouTube channel is the channel of Akibulan Revivalist Movement. Okay? We say believe because there is an Akibulan Way Revivalist Movement logo on the YouTube channel, but the beginning of the presentation shows an image which says, Akibulan Nomo Word Power Create Activate Monthly Sessions. And plus, when we went to their YouTube channel's about page, there was no information that could confirm this definitively. Nevertheless, we think it's all from the Akibulan Way Revivalist Movement. We just didn't want to confirm it without being entirely sure. And also, we believe that they are, uh, uh, they're out of the UK. And while we haven't had the chance to check out all their content, it does look very interesting. It looks very dope, well put together, and we will be checking it out very soon. And so thank you guys for putting this, uh, having Sister Afiong Afiong and sharing it with the world. And if any of you in the listening audience knows more, please drop us a line. Don't hesitate to drop us a line about the Kibulan Way Revivalist Movement. Okay? Appreciate that. Now, we're going to talk to you more about this sister, Afiang El Afiang. Okay. All right. So we first heard about this dynamic revolutionary sister on the July 12, 2014 airing of Freedom Now. 
And Freedom Now is a show we used to listen to out of Los Angeles, California, that was hosted by the late Daydon Kimati on KPFK 90.7 FM, a Pacifica station. And when we heard her, we were like, man, this just is really on point. Exactly. I mean, you got to remember, and Zari, I know you remember this. This was like 2014. Uh-huh. And this was when people were still, and they still do, licking Obama's dirty drawers. Mm-hmm. Mm, tastes like chocolate. Mm-hmm. Dirty drawers. Oh, yes. This is Hershey? And so our litmus test at the time, and it still is as a criteria for listening to any person speak, was that they didn't substitute reactionary nationalistic emoting as revolutionary theory. Translation. Let me give you a translation of that. Do the people we listen to and talk to recognize Obama as neocolonialism? Hell, did they even know, do they know what neocolonialism is? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sister Avalong not only did that, but she was able to provide a revolutionary vision for our people. As we always like to point out on this show, one should never define their political ideology based on what they are against. No, but what should they base that on, Zari? What they are for. As she affirmed what we need to be for, she also explicitly and accurately stated that Obama and his supporters wanted to take part in the system created by the colonizers. She painstakingly described them as sycophants. There go them Hershey draws again they was licking. Who only see a way of existence through supposedly... The universal. Right? The supposedly universal institutions created by the colonizers. Yeah, that's why y'all got happy with a Negro in the White House. Yep. The White House. Mm-hmm. God damn. <laughs> For real, it's that simple, right? It's sometimes shit do be that yeah, simple, it right? Is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to many, Obama represented a neo-colonial fulfillment of a Negroid version of Francis Fukuyama. I know if y'all are familiar with this reactionary's work, you know, he said it was the end of history. Now, Negro said, We have arrived at the end of Negro history. We have transcended into the universal Western civilization. We's be American now. Man, these Negroes, boy, I tell you. Anyway, as we did more research on the sister, you know, saw more videos of her speaking. And at the time, we were gearing up to launch Conscientization 101. And we were like, man, we got to have her on the show. You remember, Zara? We was like, we got to get her on the yeah, show. Yeah, we looked far and wide. We looked far and wide. And, 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 and what are some of the things we did to try to contact the sister? Zara, you know Oh, yeah. I I actually called and emailed Brother Dadon to see if we could get her contact information. But we didn't have any luck um, in, in either way. And then, unfortunately, Brother Dadon passed away. So, to this day, we are still looking to have her on the show. That's right. So, uh, hey, any of y'all know, put her in contact. We, we'll have her on the show ASAP. Yep. And if you listen to the very first episode of Conscientization 101, we play an excerpt from one of her presentations at the end of that episode. So, I mean, you know, that's how, you know, this is the powerful. And if you look, we also had that same presentation on our site in our video section. So, all right, we want to give you a little bit more info about Sister Afiong El Afiong. Uh, we got we were able to curate this Vitae from our late brother, Daydon Kamati show, Freedom Now. 
Uh, this Vitae appeared on the show back on the episode that she was on back in 2014. Born in Nigeria, Afion's political life began as a student activist at the University of Abidjan, where she graduated with a BSc, honors degree in political science. She obtained a second degree in law from the University of Lagos, where she developed her work as a student leader and political organizer in the Students' Representative Council and the National Association of Nigerian Students, the umbrella organization of the student movement. A delegate to the 1984 Senate of the National Association of Nigerian Students Assembly at Amadou Bello University, Zaria, she was arrested and incarcerated with other student leaders by the military government for challenging and mobilizing mass support against the regime's attempts to coerce and ban the vibrant and independent student union movement. Forced into exile, Afiong relocated to London in 1990, where she organized as a frontline campaigner in the UK-based pro-democracy movement against military dictatorship in Africa, and the struggle to return Nigeria and other African nations to democratic rule in the 90s. She worked within the black community in London as a grassroots campaigner and national advocate on immigration, reparations, race relations, and amnesty for unregistered migrants. Within the British human rights community, she actively campaigned against Western-backed anti-people regimes in Africa, Shell's exploitation of the Niger Delta, and Britain's financing of the deadly arms trade. On a pan-African level, she mobilized to bring contemporary struggles for African liberation on the continent into the public domain and political agenda in Europe as a leading activist and organizer of the African Liberation Support Campaign. In 1998, Afion moved to Accra to head the Africa Secretariat of the Jubilee 2000 Coalition, a global campaign against third world debt slavery, working to expose the role of Western financial institutions in Africa's economic crisis and advocate for the unconditional cancellation of the so-called debt. The Jubilee Africa campaign also called for the repudiation of these odious debts by African governments and reparations for the atrocities of slavery and colonialism. Co-founder of Moyo Wa Taifa, a pan-African women's network created to establish links between African women on the continent and in the diaspora, Afiong is executive director of the Moyo Pan-African Solidarity Center based in Accra and in London, a foundation for developing group, organizational, and institutional capacities to facilitate the re-emergence of autonomous African people's institutions. The center promotes awareness and knowledge on the wealthy legacy of Africa's contribution to world history and human development. As part of its public education program to take ownership of African history by documenting and disseminating our own narratives to the world, the center produced a landmark open space public exhibition themed Kwame Nkrumah at 100 retrospective of his life, times, and legacy, launched by former Zambian President Dr. Kenneth Kaunda at the Nkrumah Mausoleum in Accra. The exhibition, which ran from May 2010 to September 2011, attracted thousands of visitors within Ghana and beyond. Moyo Solidarity Center also facilitates study tours to Africa as a vehicle to connect the homeland with her diaspora. 
a dynamic public speaker, broadcaster, lecturer, organizer, and cultural ambassador, Afiong is an international advocate on human and people's rights, including women's rights, reparations, debt repudiation, social justice, and development. She is dedicated to the struggle and victory of Pan-African liberation, unification, and self-determination. So stay tuned, and as always, we stand ready for the revolution. All right. That was the bio written by Brother uh, Daydon Kamate. And he always would end when he read anything or read a show or, or read a bio like that with Ready for a Revolution, as that was the same from the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, which he was a member of. We don't know if he was a member of it at the time of his death, but we I, I, we do believe, if we remember, recall correctly, that he was a member of that at one point in time in his life. Uh, now, let's get into what Sister Afiang will be discussing in this Weapons of Liberation presentation. Mysticism posing as a revolutionary practice, the use of history as a form of escapism as opposed to conscientization, power as the ultimate goal of the colonized as opposed to acceptance, assimilation, i.e. fighting against racism, importance of African identity, neocolonialism, Organizing from below instead of top-down. Language as a political weapon, i.e. slave versus enslaved, and much more. All right, before we get started, we also wanted to continue to emphasize why we started curating dialogues such as these. We're in the era of uh, net neutrality being jeopardized. Some of these talks may be deemed inappropriate and snatched off YouTube, you know, and we need to preserve our history, not for nostalgia's sake, but also as blueprints to help inform and guide our action towards the development of decolonized sovereignty. And that's what I said, decolonized sovereignty. I came up with that shit. Right now, we got us a colonial sovereignty. Same old... I'm free because I think I'm free. Bullshit. Then you go and say some shit like, I got to teach my kids to sell themselves for a job so they can be economically independent. And so when they grow up, they can buy Christmas presents for their kids. Woo! That's the most important thing, right? That is the most important thing. They can dress up like little European mythological creatures called elves and shit. <laughs> and Santa Claus is a fucking bore. Okay. A perverted boy because he won't kids to sit on his lap. He won't kids to well, that's kind of oxy, that's kind of superfluous, right? He's I a boy. Know, right, he's a boy. That's all you gotta That's know. all you gotta really know. <laughs> so, so y'all, so y'all take your kids to Santa Claus. Yep. Why don't y'all ask about Zwarte Pete? Yep. That that the boys be marching around. They don't never have Zwarte Pete at those yeah. little things where the kids take pictures. And you know, and I and I just want to say, hey man. Y'all, y'all, y'all be talking about African, African liberation, freedom, sovereignty. I say sovereignty because sovereign, you have sovereign reign. You do what you want. Because when you say liberation, a Negro say, I can go eat a piece of chicken. I can go get some pizza. Now I can date that white woman. I'm free. That's what Negro told me. Oh, no, I got two white girlfriends. I'm free. Yeah, yeah I know who you are. Anyway, uh, uh, I say all that to say this because y'all be saying you want your freedom and all this. But it don't cost you nothing not to not to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate their holidays. Ain't nothing gonna happen to you. Mm-mm. You ain't even got it. You ain't got. You ain't doing no protests and holding up no signs. Ain't nobody gonna beat you on it. Actually, you gonna have more money mm-hmm. in your pocket. Mm-hmm. But I still see some of y'all say, "Oh yeah, that's right, brother. Oh, I went and bought a Christmas tree and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want my kids to feel like they different. God damn it! In case you ain't got the memo, your kids they is are different. different. 
But you gonna be the little princess and shit. That's what your kids gonna be. You gonna make your you gonna make your boys little princesses. That's what it seems like nowadays with your skinny jeans on and shit. Now, I know what y'all doing. But also, we tend to believe in the Horatio Algiers hype that we can just work really hard and see the fruits of our labor. And what I mean is, people, people still think YouTube is some form of democratic meritocracy or some shit like that. That that all that that people all running around trying to get noticed. You know what I'm saying? Man, YouTube pushes the content they want you to see. And as I alluded to earlier, they're going to start blocking shit that they deem inappropriate. That they deem inappropriate. That's why we got to organize our own content, and we use our power to decide what to include or what to exclude. You feel me? So YouTube is not a public resource held in in common. It's privately held. And also, listen to the name of the shit. YouTube. You know, embedded in its name is the ideology of neoliberalism. The cancer of today. The I, 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 me, me. Well, I have a good idea. I'll give you what liberalism is in a, in a nutshell. Because I know some of y'all still say, what's wrong with liberalism? It's individualism plus idealism. So what do you get with that? Well, I feel that my ideals are good, so that it ain't got to have no basis on reality, and you think you a special snowflake. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all do think y'all snowflakes, yep. okay? So, no, 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 no. We got to have objective realities mixed with, you know, somebody's subjective strengths, because Zari has a strength, and that's subjective, and I have a strength. They, some of them might be different. But the objective condition is we all colonized throughout this world. That's all I'm saying. And all I'm saying is we must be vigilant and I found a lot of good information on YouTube. Do not get me wrong. This is one of them. Thank you, Akipulan Revivalist Movement. But we shouldn't be too dependent on resources we don't own and control. That's why we, that's the impetus of behind us curating these dialogues. And I also want to say, this is a quick antidote, and this goes right along with it. Brother Dadon, okay, PFK, you know, the catalog of all the stuff that he has since it was on KPFK, it's, it's gone. Because we would have played data on reading out uh, uh, Sister Afion's bio, but it's gone now. Mm-hmm. And he used to always have beef with them because they would do some little little fuckboy shit and all this little punk shit. Mm-hmm. And he would, and Dayton would call him out on the radio station, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know what I'm saying? But now all the catalog is gone, and that brother had a whole bunch of good information you can mm-hmm. learn from. So we got to know, you know what I'm saying? Be vigilant. That's why we want to curate these things. We preserve it. We hold it. And then we build that on a wider scale. So now, before we get into the show, we're going to read another quote from Jacob Carruthers because one of the things that's so important is one of the things that we mentioned that Afyong El Afyong is going to talk about, the African identity. So, Zari, go ahead and read. Go ahead and set that up and then take us into the show. We're going to take us into the show. Go ahead, Sister Zari. So this is a quote that um, Jacob Carruthers put in the book from Edward Blyden. And... um, in this, he's when he says unilateral move, he's referring to how we need to change our education and our concepts of time and all that. The only way we can restore life and sanity to the African race is by such a level-headed unilateral move. The major thrust of our educational efforts is to restore to health a strong, positive African personality. I close with a statement Edward Blyden made regarding African personality. It is sad to think that there are some Africans, especially among those who have enjoyed the advantages of foreign training, 
who are blind enough to the radical facts of humanity as to say, let us do away with the sentiment of race. Let us do away with our African personality and be lost if possible in another race. This is as wise or philosophical as to say, let us do away with gravitation, with heat and cold, and sunshine and rain. Of course, the other race in which these persons would be absorbed is the dominant race, before which, in cringing self-surrender and ignoble self-suppression, they lie in prostrate admiration. Some are really in earnest, honestly thinking that by such means they will rise to the cloudless elevation of Olympus or reach the sublime heights of Perineus. But the verdict of spectators is that they qualify themselves for bedlam. There is only then one fatal influence against all this teaching, and that is the whole course of nature. Preach this doctrine as much as you like. No one will do it, for no one can do it. For when you have done away with your personality, you have done away with yourselves. Your place has been assigned you in the universe as Africans, and there is no room for you as anything else. And on that note, we begin... Weapons of Liberation from Sister Afiang El Afiang. Going forward, um, you know, I used to hear about The Matrix, you know. I'm not a movie person. <laughs> I like the theater, mm-hmm. not necessarily movies, just because I'm, um, yeah, I'm not necessarily in one place, you know, I don't sit down for a long time. So if I'm traveling, obviously you're, you're forced to sit down, you know, six, yeah, seven yeah, hours ADHD. on the plane, yeah. <laughs> so I'm caged in, so I watch stuff when I'm traveling. So I watched The Matrix for the first time. I really watched it. I thought, wow, it's really true. You know, who hasn't watched The Matrix? Okay, well, it's important to try and watch it. It's amazing, you know. So that's really good. So, but that's how we're living now. We're in the matrix. It's a life of make believe, you know. But it's real, you know. They've made us. We are the matrix, you know. It's illusion. It's magic, you know. You watch the magician. I just watched the other one the other day. Just coughed out a a, a toad, a frog. (laughs) From you know, I don't know how that works out, but he did. Okay, okay. So, so that's that. Um, so, but I'm saying that we must watch the Matrix. The other thing about you know when they say um, art, is it art copies life? What is it that they say about art and life? Life imitates art, and this is serious. You have to watch their films to know what they're thinking. Don't take their films at face value. How many of us have watched Avatar? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. When I saw it, I was like, you know, I had to watch it about two times, two or three times. And so, and I'm watching and I watch them studying. I study them. I watch them intently and I watch it one time and I watch it again because I would have missed something. And you have to take this thing seriously. Avatar tells you how they operate. First, they identify the resource. Then they come and ask nicely. <laughs> Okay, as they're asking nicely, they're bringing in the troops. Mm-hmm. They have the scientists, they have the missionaries, yeah. and they have the army. Mm-hmm. You choose which step, whether it be A, B, C, C, D, A, or B, D, A. Mm-hmm. But they'll ask nicely first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And when I watched, I thought, oh my God. But you see now, they are so bold and strong and they have the impunity to show you the things on film. Okay? While black people are still doing films about love, mm, kiss, kiss. <laughs> uh, mother-in-law is a witch. Uh, somebody did some juju for me. I wish I could have a transmission. Uh, what's his name? Michael Jackson and I were we had the same agenda, you know. If I had money to change, honestly, I'll run away from all of you. I just get so fed up. Oh god. You know? So one on, on one trip you're watching Avatar. On the other trip, you're waiting for the weekend mother alone. You know what? I said, what kind of life is this? Do we live on the same planet? Anyway, let's leave that. Um, you know, I questions. You know, I discuss with my comrades. You know, and keeps me awake at night. I wake up in the morning. You know, it's worrying my mind. Because in struggle, there's so much to do and there's so much work to do. So then the question I've asked myself, what is the one thing, if, if I could focus on one thing, what is it I can focus on? Because it's very overwhelming, especially when you go back home. When you go back home and from there you look at the West here, it's like we're joking. Even the hard work that we're doing now is just um, like a child. You see, like... Child yes, child play. It's, it's just like that child, you know. Her whole life is just her mother's breast. That's her whole <laughs> life now. That's how I, where her life revolves around. That's what we're doing. That's where we still are. I'm saying we are faced with such things of tremendous, mm. you know, um, volume that you can't even... Especially when on the continent, you know, how terrible things are. And it's this same imperialism that has stretched its arm that far. You know, here, you know, we're inside the belly of the beast. So it has its front yard. So it has its belly. But on the continent, we're in the backyard of the beast where the poo, -poo comes out. And if we had any sense, we would align with ourselves. So we're able to attack the beast mm. in its belly or its throat or, mm. or even stab it so bad in the backside that it affects it. It, yeah. it, 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 it gives a mortal wound. You know, this is how we need to be thinking, how we need to be planning. But instead, those who are in the belly of the beast, you know, are very comfortable. Right. So, you know, when it's eating and, you know, the little, the, the other things that don't get digested, you know, those of you in the belly, you eat that bit. And we're very happy, you know, to have that bit. Of course, you know that by the time the food comes down to the end where we are, you know, at the back, it's nasty. So that's why we, who are in the backyard of the bum of the beast, we aspire to come into the belly of the beast where we can get some of the remains from the guts. Instead of thinking of how to locate the underbelly of the beast and kill it. That's yes. right. Word, word, word. Word. So I'm saying all these things to say, and you know, I don't just talk for talking's sake. 
everybody must try to say, where am I in the picture of African liberation? This is the question every individual must ask themselves. What is my role? Where am I located in this picture, for example? What is my mission in this struggle for African liberation? Because each and every one of us, we have a mission. We have a reason for being. We have work to do each and every one of us. Don't think anybody has more skills or is better, is more articulate or is cleverer than the other. It's not true. The skills you have could even be 10 times more advanced than what somebody like me has. Never underestimate the strength and the power within. And the other thing about power, sometimes when we talk about power, we conceptualize power as something, for example, that is located in 10 Clowning Street. <laughs> you know, or, you know, at the, you know, Cream House in Washington, D.C. We think that power is external. But, you know, I'm coming to understand that power is actually internal. You must gain power over yourself first. things like returning their names to them returning their hair to them yes. <laughs> <laughs> returning their clothes to them returning their food you know lots of things beginning to return their things to them and as you return their own to them you pick up your own First, before we begin to organize for it amongst ourselves, because if we don't do that, just at the moment when we're about to strike, somebody will say, No, this nice man looks like Jesus, I can't attack him. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm serious>. <laughs> 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 oh, this one resembles the other ones from the east. <laughs> and they're my brothers. It's so important. Self. You must conquer self. And with the question of power comes the question of discipline. If you don't have self-discipline, you have nothing. Discipline. Power. So I was saying that, you know, I asked myself, what can I, what, what is the one thing I can concentrate on? Because it's overwhelming. Mm. And I realized something, that because the vast majority of us are still fast asleep, if you could even concentrate on the question of waking up our people globally, on the question of conscientizing the African, on the question of, of attempting to reach that irritated genie that is buried deep within each and every one of us. Yeah. If I could just even take that task and begin to implement it, we might be getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because the day we wake up and just push the master's table mm -hmm. over, mm -hmm. it's finished. Yeah, yeah. The game is done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Game is done. Yeah. So, I'm saying,
now, standing in front and speaking. I'm working. I'm not having a chat or so discussion. Word, I'm at work. Word, 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 word. I'm at work. It's not the social location. I don't come to socialize. I'm not having a chat or just a discussion and some tea. I'm busy at work. Because knowledge and information, you know, it must be that we we use it like a butcher's knife. We're sharpening our knives. That's right. And why would a butcher have a knife if he isn't going to use it? That's right. It must be a weapon for struggle, for freedom, for liberation. And I'm saying that you know that same thing applies to us. That whatever we do, whatever our skills or our profession, you know, is whatever it is, and it's different things. Some people are in front, some are behind, you know, some you don't know. Whatever, it must be a weapon for our freedom. Word, word, sound, word, 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 sound. So, in terms of going forward, we have to start to attempt mass reconscientization of our people. That's right. Mass reconscientization. If we've woken up, if we say we're awake, you better make sure you wake 10 more people up. That's right. Unless you will die. That's, That's right. That's Nobody's right. escaping alone. You can think you're as clever as wherever. You're wasting your time. We'll either sink or we will swim together. That's right. So it's in our own interest right. to wake as many people as possible up. Right. And in waking people up, we then begin to organize. That's right. To organize. So when we talk about organization, it's not some flimsy thing we're just saying and just yeah, yeah, they're just trying to recruit you. Mm-hmm. It's a do or die affair. And so if we like, you can wait till the 11th hour. At a point in time, when things become critical, let's say we've been saying that everybody on this street coming to number 22, you know, we're going to board the door, you know, there's there's something coming down the road and we need to get in here, you know, to hide because there's a bunker under this place. So I'm taking my time. I don't believe it. If we know that by 12 midnight they'll strike yeah. and we've been telling you Six days ago, five days ago. <laughs> let me tell you something. You turn up here at 11 p.m. I, I you won't let you in. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. After a while, it will become too late. Mm. That after a while, we will then need to see you as the enemy. Because mm. if you're not part of the solution, you must be part of the problem. That's right. Because in wanting us to open the door at 11 p.m., you are opening us up to the enemy rushing in. So, you know, I'm just using these simple analogies for us to understand that everybody has a stake, a responsibility and a duty in this struggle. So I'm saying that, you know, I thought, you know, I I think that the question of, you know, conscientization is a key part of the work, but that must be taken to the next level. I was listening to, you know, a discussion about black history, and you know, we, we say all the time, oh, they don't teach African history in the schools, you know, and this, and we, we, you know, we cry about that all the time. But do you know why they don't teach African history in the schools? And they don't even teach African history in the schools on the continent. Mm. Do you know why? Yeah. They can't afford to do it. Exactly. Come on. 
They can't. Because if they did it, there'd be revolution tomorrow. Tomorrow. So you must understand the limitations of the enemy. Therefore, if that is a limitation for him, that's an opportunity for us. not teach it because they don't want to and they don't want to educate you like a lot of us think no they can't afford to tell you who they really are they can't afford to tell you what they really did can't afford to tell you what they're still doing so that's our work to teach her from day one so she grows up you know, with this in her mind. I was watching something just yesterday on YouTube and, you know, one white man called into a program, you know, this is America, you know, and this is our land, and the, the, the Native American went to the, It's yeah. not America, it's his Polynesia. Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard that being said like that before. Yeah. And she taught her history in about two minutes. Yeah. So this is not America, yeah. this is Polynesia. Yeah. So you go back to where you came from. She quickly, you know, dropped the phone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Imagine if everybody had that kind of confidence and knowledge Mm -hmm. instead of being defensive to, you know, include us in America. I said, no, no, this is not America. You go back to Europe. Mm So, black history is important, but sometimes also some of us get caught up in Egypt. And we go back into Egypt and we just want to stay there because the pyramids are very, they're warm and they're comfortable and they're massive. They can accommodate all of us. So we want to stay there. There's a war being fought today. Use the knowledge of Egypt as part of our armory. But don't go and hide inside the pyramids. (laughs) Thinking that if you stay there for 3,000 years, you know, by the time you come out, the war would have finished. Imperialism will still be waiting for you. Because some of us are like that. Yeah, Yeah, black history, black history. I was in a meeting the other day, somebody was talking about spirituality. So yeah, you know, we use spirituality as a weapon. I said, that's true. So I said, help me out. See, yeah, we chant them down. <laughs> I said, are you serious? I think you're serious. He said, yeah, we do that all the time. I don't want to name the order. You know, we chant them down. <sighs> I feel so tired when I hear things like this. <laughs> so explain the spirituality is not a cr- crutch. In Haiti, they use it as yes. a means of mobilization, of yeah. driving up the spirit yeah. of our even if you read their bible every time before a war they bring out the ark of the covenant they use it as a prelude to war they want to use it and chant I mean we're jokers you know 2016 you want to chant down imperialism so you see that we live in um, in a world of illusions there's a fight going on here. Somebody was also challenging me. Do you believe in African traditional religion? I'm talking of something. It's question whether I believe in African traditional religion. So I said, what's the point? He said, because you can use it. To, I just, you know, I get so tired. You know? But let me leave that. Um, what does black power look like? That's a deep question. 
when Africa, when there's black power, Africa is able to rule herself. That's the most important thing. The question of sovereignty over our own homeland. Yeah. One of the definitions of power is the ability to define reality. That's one of the most basic definitions of power. Right now, imperialism has power. If they decide that by, by next week, Tuesday, there'll be, you know, a nuclear bomb or whatever, that's exactly what will happen. If they decide that um, next month, we won't call it December anymore, we'll call it December, that's exactly what will happen. Yeah, exactly. They have the power to define reality. If they decide that the train stations, you know, you go to the train station and in order to get through, you, you know, hit your head three times on the barrier. That's ex you're laughing. It's true. That's exactly what will happen. Yeah. Yeah. That is power. The ability to determine reality. That's right. That's right. So, the day that we have power, because black people think we're fighting against Eurocentrism, fighting against racism, that, you know, uh, white people must respect us. I don't give a damn about respect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm concerned with power. Right. Not with respect, not with love, not with acceptance. They must accept me. Who gives a damn? Quality. I want power. Power. Power, not fame. Yeah. Power. Power. Come on. So in terms of, you know, Africa now, if we have control over our resources, if you have control over the tap in your yard, you can turn it on and you can turn it off. But now the tap of our resources is on, full flowing with a pipe that leads directly to the West. The day you are able to turn that tap off and keep it off, even for yourself, because it hasn't, the resources haven't been used, you know, you haven't known the resources anyway. You won't be missing them. Close the tap. Within two days, you will see blood flowing like rivers on the streets all over the West. Days. If you turn those taps off, that would be power. Because not just about turning them off, you have to be able to guard them. That's right. To yeah. keep them turned off. Yes. Right. And wait and see hmm. what happens. Mm -hmm. Then you see all these black people that said they're not Africans. You won't know. They won't even know that they have uh, witchcraft power to, to run to Africa within a minute. I'm saying to literally just disappear from here <laughs> and appear home. <laughs> That's what power looks like. That's what power would look like. And see the Chinese, they have power. If you mess with a Chinese person anywhere in the world, you know they are not dealing with Chongqing. They're dealing with China. 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 And the population of China is about a billion. And yet, yes, sorry, more than, yes. Yes. 
and still they've kept themselves as one country. Why? They understand power. That's right. That when you face the Chinese, you face one China. One China. One China. And that's why they fought. You know, they had a civil war. That's right. They locked the whole country down yeah. and fought to the death. Yeah. And it was those who survived, and they opened the country and said, We are China. China. That's right. Work. That's what power looks like. Work. But look at us. 54 countries. 54 beggars. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I'm very, oh, very proud of it. Some of us, you know, like Nigeria, we big and bad. Our own begging bowl is a gold one. <laughs> the others who don't have so much money, they have brass begging bowls, silver begging bowls. We don't bother with them. Calabash. Yes, yeah, some of them even have calabash. Our begging bowl is big, it's gold, it's shining. And we're very proud. India summons Africa. India! India summons Africa. And we go. China summons Africa. Obama summons Africa. Every Russian, everybody, and we go. In fact, the latest, the one in the, that they went to the India sometime late last year, it got so bad, apart from them all assembling the heads of state, the Indians made them wear Indian clothes. Haven't you seen it on Facebook? Someone said, I can send it to you. And they came out. Oh, black people. Oh, we are pathetic. Pathetic people. Because they're going to beg. All the resources that we have them. Yeah. But you go and beg. So which who was the artist? It's in the abundance of water. I know me. The fool is thirsty. In the abundance of water. The fool is thirsty. Rat race. That's the one. That's us. In the abundance of water, the fool is thirsty. Yeah, word, word. Hmm. Yeah. So, and the other thing that we've got to realize is that Africa is our homeland. We've actually got yeah. to understand word, that here. Because sometimes I hear some people that Sporan say things like, oh, and you see that a lot on um, social media. Those continentals, you know, they don't like us. Or they say we're not Africans. Mm. Imagine you or you or any of the sisters, somebody comes to you and says, you're not a woman. <laughs> How would you respond to them? <laughs> Tell me, think about it. So you're not a woman. So you're crazy. Absolutely. They'd have to have to be crazy on medication or something. <laughs> or be bipolar or both. But then somebody comes up to you and tells you you're not an African and you become offended. You must be crazy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You need to understand that. And so there must be that deep understanding because even people on the continent do not know our history. That's right. Mm -hmm. They've kept the history away from us That's the right. same way it's been kept away from Africans in the diaspora. Mm -hmm. So don't think it's people on the continent know all this history. And no, the enemy is the same. Unfortunately, those who came after we built a wall around themselves to protect themselves. Where they failed in their task was first not to ask for a heart to be filled full of love, love, love. Hidden colors. 
so vivid and so pure Rise above us, you never will You started a flaw, you spread blood instead of love That's your repertoire, could never be in line with divine You try hard, cold hearts could never be given out Warm feelings, the truth is out there We're still waiting on revealing what exists in our own being What persists to rise through the mist that we're all seeing You hate the fact that this black cat has turned up Self-aware, Willie Lynch papers They burn up, who would have Emmett Till been before us? Wicked N or Trayvon, the names go on It's like the time blends, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back Even them house niggas sell us out, fearing the black The real would never hit them, surround himself in mysticism Beg the true and living, waking up from this mental prison They won't let me loose, they still wanna put me in a noose Cause my face resembles the ancient ones who pull you truth I'm in touch with the youth, the army for our nation May our powers combine, decline separation Been through so many wars, but still there's more facing Held high by the oracles who teach patience I'm in touch with the women who procreate our nation May our powers combine, decline separation I separation. Path, legs aching, spirit never breaking Forever ready for the task that I'm facing Yo, We make decisions based on circumstance and situation I've stared mine down every second since awakening I'm talking with my eyes wide, what life's like we fight tides Ain't natural forces, they originate in man's mind Europeans took to waves, murdered the indigenous, raped, pillaged and enslaved who've been caged. Every generation born since has been appointed, a role to play, exploiter or exploited. The masses serve the will of a minute minority who poison us with lies of race and class inferiority to maintain their status quo. They kill and die over Joe or Blow or digging minerals for smartphones while they kick back and count profits. Our choices struggle to survive, die or do the best to switch sides and fuck your people in the process. There's another choice, search within for that inner voice about Cry of ancestors who rebelled and endured Africans who took those slave ships Threw their slavers overboard Natives who saw what was coming and took up swords Fought and put down those invading hordes And channeled the spirit of to St. Lovature You can't be given freedom, you must take it to make it yours They won't let me loose They still want to put me in a noose Cause my face resembles the ancient ones who pull you truth I'm in touch with the youth, the army for our nation May our powers combine, decline separation Been through so many wars but still there's more facing Held high by the oracles who teach patience I'm in touch with the women who procreate our nation May our powers combine, decline separation Yours truly, the young Tahuti that raps like Koji Existing in a harsh managing to stay smoothly The sun never moves, it's the earth that rotates See it's the very basic things in our life We have to change called perspective That governs and carries the collective Who controls images, controls minds like a shepherd and you're the sheep, some are weak or just asleep Some are scared to speak, try to teach and reach the peak We're all judgmental beings, I learn to only judge myself To purify my lifestyle will really bring me true wealth Let these words be your benchmark scriptures laid in digital For the lost souls, finding themselves out in the physical We started off with spirits, yeah we're here just for the visit Gather knowledge, every single step of journey, constant pivot The real will never hit them, surround themselves in mysticism I beg the true and live and wake up from this mental prison They won't let me loose, they still want to put me in a noose Cause my face resembles the Asian ones who pull you truth. I'm in touch with the youth, the army for our nation. May our powers combine, decline separation. Been through so many wars, but still there's more facing. Held high by the oracles who teach patience. I'm in touch with the women who procreate our nation. May our powers combine, decline separation. I breathe heavy, surrounded by a bevy of black beauties, looking for unity. In the community I come from, where the hammers are the drums and the leaves are still stained, where the blood where we hung, yeah, my body is numb. But my mental is active, attracted to the Combative. Maybe the voices too inside all change. Children awake to the streets to build their case. Not by fear, of course, but to ensure the course of justice. Lions tell your stories, devour hunters in your past. 
there's your twins all over. You go to, you meet somebody who looks so much like you, you know, you, you, you'll be spooked. Yeah. Literally, you will yeah. be spooked. So I'm saying th- th- these are some of the things that are our personal responsibility. So anyway, that's what Gaddafi tried to do. Somalia was a victory for us, you know, because a lot of times we don't recognize our victories in struggle. When the Somalis, you know, took down the Americans, that Black Hawk, you know, down, you know, incident, you know, they whooped them, like they'll say in America, they whooped them bad. But look at Somalia, a small country. They've already destabilized it, and yet they were able to organize themselves, you know, to chase the Americans out of their country. If Somalia can do that, what about the rest of us? Yeah. AFRICOM is, you know, people might know it's it's a military, you know, command. These are things, these questions, this is something that is a whole meeting all of its own. Because to even study the history, the origin, the politics of it, they've infiltrated the whole continent because of these weak leaders. You know, that we have. And so, if, like, there's an uprising today, say in, I don't know, choose any country, say Ghana, the American jets, don't they don't need to fly in jets from the U.S. They are waiting, you know, either in a neighboring country or even right there. They will put down the rebellion immediately because they're already on our soil. And our new colonial our leaders are so, they're so weak and such criminals that, you know, they're just so, so short-sighted. You know, they see the little benefits they give them without seeing that, you know, you're compromising generations that's to come. Right, that's right. You know? But you see, you can only have, at, at the end of the day, and this is a painful thing to say, people deserve the kind of governments they get. Because people who do not wake up and who are not able to speak up. And on the continent, it's usually because of religion, ethnicism, you know, these things divide us and don't allow us to speak. Then that's why we continue to have the kind of leadership, you know, that we have. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, you know, uh, Africans in the diaspora here. You know, if like in America, the best you can do in leadership is Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. That's an indictment on the people. Yeah. As for here in the UK, I don't even know who you have. You know, I don't even want to call some names because they're probably my friends. <laughs> but you know, I'm saying it's an indictment because some of us just point fingers. So so and so is bad. You know, he's a sellout. He's a sellout because you are not even, you know, around. You're still at home in the central heating. You haven't even come out. Say somebody's a sellout. Nature abhors a vacuum. If you don't occupy stuff, something will. Mr. Sellout will. <laughs> um, Haiti, it is too long, you know, to even yeah. start to go into um, Haiti. But the Clintons, you know, use that as their business, you know, angle and their little empire. You know, and um, of course, we know the history of Haiti and their glorious history. But the Clintons are just such criminals. That's a whole thing in themselves, yeah. you know, in self of their business dealings, you know, in Haiti, which caused somebody was even said something. They made an analysis, which is really interesting. You know that if uh, an earthquake hits any other country, even Cuba, because they are more organized, they're able to prepare better for it. But the impact of colonialism on Haiti, and colonialism in the sense that it's still continuing, mm, yeah. makes it such a situation that any earthquake or any natural disaster, uh, disaster has a, a, a genocidal impact on places like Haiti. Mm. What we're trying to say is that that kind of earthquake in Haiti is a colonial earthquake. Mm. 
in the sense that it is due to the disorganization, the state of disorganization of the society that makes it incapable of organizing itself to prepare, you know, for nature. So then the question is, who are the forces of this colonialism? And the Clintons are, you know, a key aspect, you know, of that. But, you know, it's important that we start to give narratives and analysis from an African, you know, centered point of view to begin to see the world from our African eyes, not from CNN or BBC. And that we have the capacity to, you know, lay out that narrative. For example, on the continent, when we're speaking, we'll say things like, and we just say naturally, oh, our colonial masters. We refer to these criminals as our colonial masters. And, you know, I'm saying, no, 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 because that's two things. Here, every African believes that, yes, they are masters, or they were, even if you say where, they were our masters. I say, no, they're not our colonial masters. They were criminals who colonized us. Because that's the truth. Criminals who colonized us. So you can imagine if our narrative is that, by the time that all that all she's hearing is criminals who colonized us. By the time she's a teenager or something, if somebody says somebody's a colonial master, she'll say, who? You mean the criminals who colonized us? Right. So she right. begins to see them for what they are. Wow. Criminals, yeah. not masters. Right. Right. so important. Yes. Or even the issue of slavery. We say, oh, you know, um, like I hear people in America, you know, we were, we were slaves. Yeah. Or they captured this, they used us as they you know were slaves and a slave, slave, slave. 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 I said, yeah. no, no, there were no slaves. That's right. They captured free people word. and en- then enslaved slave. them. Yes. Now, when you use the word enslaved, the first question that comes to somebody's mind is who enslaved oh, you? Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. enslaved you? Yeah. So you begin to then say, okay, these are the criminals. Mm-hmm. Because if you talk, if you say somebody's a slave, if you're a slave, then you're just a slave. Do you see? There's nothing you cannot be redeemed. But if you were enslaved, it means somebody did something to you. So language is important, the narrative is important, and that understanding inside of ourselves. The Chinese, you know, they're coming. Very nicely, just like in Avatar, you know, offering a lot of money, which Africans with their art, you know, typical short-sightedness, uh, accepting because we think that's quick money. Can build road, but yes, build lots of things. By the time you know, she's an adult, she's already her life is mortgaged, already. But these things are happening because there's a political vacuum. And it's not enough for us to listen to this kind of discussions. We've got to take it to the next level. So that remains our eternal challenge Mm. and eternal responsibility. Mm. Even, you know, whatever we are, artists, whatever, we've got to be artists like Fela, Mm -hmm. like Bob Marley. Every single record of Fela is raising an agitation. It's discussing struggle. It's discussing our lives. So it's music, you're entertained, but you're also empowered. That's right. And Fela's music empowers us and it scares to death the oppressors. That's right. In Nigeria, the government hates, you know, yeah. Fela's music playing yeah. because it's always, you know, condemning them right. and indicting them, yeah. but right. empowering us. Mm-hmm. 
So we need to, we need to reproduce artists yeah. that empower us. Yeah. So I'm saying that if as an artist, you know, if, if that's your skill as an artist, make sure you are a liberation artist. Yeah. Right. Don't be a foolishness artist. Because yeah. we've got 90% of that now. Clowns. Artistic clowns. Or clowning artists. Whichever one. So um, I don't know if I've answered, you know, everything. But, you know, it's just, it, it's a lot of work. But, like they say, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Begins with the first step. Mm-hmm. So the question, you know, to, when we're living here today is, what will be my own first step? Yes. If, it, if it's a first step, it might not necessarily be. Mm-hmm. And if it isn't, build on whatever it is you're doing or you're involved in. That's right. But for you not to be involved anyway in our liberation, you're very much part of the problem. Mm. And we cannot afford that. You know? So, and you know, when you're pushing a stone, you might not push it to the final destination, but because you've pushed it from A to B, somebody else comes and pushes it from B to C. Somebody comes C to D. But if you never pushed it from A, struggle is that much harder. Good evening. This is Ancestor Veneration. Dior taught me I was the first on the planet No mere coincidence, this is God's plan Clark taught me That everywhere the European went in history They rape and pillage on God's land Sertima taught me To revisit the image of Egypt Back flip it, call it Kemet like my fourth seed What Ben taught me To worship my mother like a goddess Black woman, true stories Malcolm taught me That the price of my freedom is death So after I'm free, I'm done After me, three sons left Martin taught me that boycott more deadly than a bullet That's a real pocket check MMG taught me boss Marcus Messiah Garvey Different cloth Even a blind can find him in the whirlwind when they are lost In the time your mind can find he was the key that would unlock Diop taught me Clark taught me Van Sertima, Dr. Ben taught me Malcolm taught me Martin taught me I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory Shake taught me Henry taught me, Ivan taught me, Joseph Buchanan taught me, Detroit Red taught me, Dr. King taught me, I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory. Diop taught me, carbon dating would validate my position in nature as you can all see. Clark taught me, never reject my ancestors, if I do I'll be rejected by my offspring. Certainly taught me, my ancestors left me specific instructions of who I am and written in stone. Dr. Ben taught me. There's a difference between knowledge and belief If you can't see, leave it alone Malcolm taught me Strictly to claim all mine Be proud, no illegitimate picnic Martin taught me That treason against a black king is overlooked It's so appalling Marcus Messiah taught me a blueprint for a black business that we can still admire black star liner i do this for us marcus i'm a black star rhymer my veneration is timeless diop taught me clark taught me van sertima dr ben taught me malcolm taught me 
Martin taught me I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory Shake taught me Henrik taught me Ivan taught me Joseph Cannon taught me Detroit Red taught me Dr. King taught me I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory That concludes our digitally remastered presentation from Sister Afiang El Afiang called Weapons of Liberation. This episode has featured music from Conscientization 101 Decolonize This Properly Defining Settlers Part 1 Instrumental from our musical commentaries collection. Cyclonius Powers Combined featuring Apex Zero and Black Stacks from his album, The Revival. Big Frizzle, Ancestor Veneration from his album, Family First, Africa for Africans Edition. All right, as always, links to featured music are in our show notes. Also, Jacob Carruthers' book, Intellectual Warfare, is also linked to in our show notes, since we did quote from it quite extensively on this episode. And also, you know it's in our library. Those of you who've been on the site and followed the site and our support and support us uh, know that it's in our library. And as you know about our library, that we read every single book in our library. So we ain't just name dropping or doing some follow fashion ting. We actually really go and curate these books. We've read these books. Uh, we can have a discussion with anybody. Grab them on the show uh, about these books. And because we know these books will develop your conscientization 101. And don't forget, when you visit us at conscientization101.com or c101magazine.com, sign up to our mailing list for exclusive information and downloads. And while you're there, you can visit our store and pick up an unabridged interview, one or two or three Pick up a few musical commentaries and our awesome t-shirt. It's really cool. It's really soft. It's nice. Support 100% independent media so we can continue to learn from each other. Also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Conscien1. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N and the number one on Facebook at Conscientization101 and Instagram at C101Editors. So, thanks for listening, and thank you, Sister Afion. Zara, do you want to leave the people with anything before we get out of here? You know, just read as much as you can, learn as much as you can, and stay in tune. Stay in tune, and also be the best person you can be. Start with yourself and define yourself based on what you're for, not what you're against, because that's what you can build from. Thank you very much. Thank you for support. Sister Afion, El Afion, thank you. We are out.